Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. You know the long-running storyline at Utah, throwing the ball and the receivers unable to make plays, and it just seems to go on and on and on and frustrates Ute fans. And then you get two Ute transfers, and C.O.C. Mariner has eight catches for 118 yards. The touchdown catch was a big-time highlight reel play. Love looking at Mariner. Throws the end zone. It is up. It is caught. Touchdown, Touchdown. Utah State. C.O.C. Mariner, welcome to the Aggies and welcome to the end zone. Caleb Rep had five catches for 59 yards. How does this happen? Receivers who can't make plays or can't get on the field are suddenly in a starring role on the road against a Power 5 opponent. I don't know anything about that part of it. I just, I'm glad they're on our team. Um, and it's fun to see those two kids have some success. You know, they've, they've, they were in, they, and they had success. They had said, it's not like those kids never did anything positive at Utah. They had some very, very good success. And, you know, um, on either side of the ball where, where Caleb was playing, and COC has obviously been a whole bunch of reps at Utah and had some, some uh, exciting moments in his career there. We're just happy that he's in our program now and, uh, you know, had a great game. Gordon, we've had an ongoing conversation over the past year or so uh, about what comes first, the quarterback who can deal or the weapons, the playmakers. Do playmakers make average quarterbacks look great? Do great quarterbacks make average playmakers look good? How, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? And the answer is both are important. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the discussion, I, as I was watching college football this weekend and specifically watching Utah State, um, Jordan Love, I don't think there's much debate that he is a really, really good quarterback. Yeah, he some threw people, some picks, but he's, he's terrific. Well, if you watch that game, he made some amazing passes, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. I mean, there were some throws that, that he made that average quarterbacks just don't make. Right. And he, he did. He made a couple of mistakes, which was a little bit surprising with the three interceptions. But new offense, and you know, we'll see how it goes for Jordan Love. But there's no doubt, if you watch that game, that he made some throws. That just make you go, yep, that's why this guy well, is so good. to answer the question from a different angle, I would say if I'm a star receiver in high school and, I, and I'm and i considering various programs to go to and I see that there's a star quarterback in one of those programs, especially a young one, I'm, I'm going there. You're thinking about it. I am going there because who wants to go to a program – if you're a wide receiver, if you don't think you're going to see the ball. So in his three years at Utah, C.O.C. Mariner, also known as C.O.C. Wilson in his first two years, of course, with the team. And I only bring that up because sportsreference.com has him listed as two different players, which kind of made me laugh. But uh, in his three years at Utah, Gordon, he had 52 career receptions and four to- uh, total touchdowns. For Utah State, in game number one, eight receptions, 118 yards, and a touchdown. That is a monster game. I would imagine that he's having more fun playing at Utah State than he ever did at Utah. And, I mean, Utah's got a great football program. We're we're sort of singling out a position where you might not get the opportunity to shine that much and suddenly Jordan Love is throwing you the ball and you're going for over 100 yards and scoring touchdowns and whatnot. I mean yeah if I'm a if I'm a receiver that's what I want to do but hasn't Utah was was his issue at Utah that he was crowded out by a bunch of talent because Utah has been desperate for a receiver to have a game like that 
And Darren Carrington had a couple of nice games a few years ago. Britton Covey's had a couple of nice games, but I would argue Britton Covey's a different type of receiver than what we're talking about, being that slot guy. He's you not just, really you just get the ball to him and let him do it. He's thing. not really wide receiver number one. You know what I'm saying? Utah has been desperate for a receiver like that, somebody to emerge. And Siosi was a candidate for that for three years. You remember back when he mm-hmm. was a freshman and you caught a look at him. He said, okay, here's a guy with some potential. And it just never, you know, it never really came to that. And Utah went through a couple of quarterbacks during his career, and you could argue how good those quarterbacks are. But he goes up to Utah State with a quarterback who's really, really good, and he balls out in game number one. And there's a lot of season left to be played, and maybe he doesn't catch another ball for the rest of the year. But what we saw against Wake Forest, they like him up there a lot. And Jordan Love likes him. And and he really, really had a nice game. Caleb Rep did too. But Siosi uh, it is interesting because he didn't go through all those position changes at Utah. So, he was a wide receiver the whole so time. So there's a laundry list of questions here. The first one is, is it because he didn't get an opportunity there? I would the say one no. Is, is it because his quarterback wasn't looking for him as much as he should, or the coaching? The coaches weren't suggesting his opportunity uh, in in the to the quarterbacks among the receivers. Uh, what was it? And then the final question would be: If you're Siosi, would you rather play? At a program that the uh, you know the team might not be as good, but and it may not play at the same level, but you're going to get an opportunity to catch the ball and be really productive. I mean, yeah, what is it? Where would you rather play, Utah or Utah State? You want to play in front of a forty-six thousand seat stadium uh, on a team that might be one of the best teams in the entire land? Or and you, and you catch two balls a game, or you want to go up to Utah State and catch eight, nine, ten balls, have over a hundred yards receiving, and score touchdowns. All right, so this is a really complicated thing you lay out there, and I'm going to simplify it to to one factor. But let me start by saying that's an extraordinarily complicated question that is individual to everybody going through yeah. it because there's so many other things at play, right? You know, where do you feel most comfortable, school? How do you feel about the coaches? Your teammates. But chances I mean, are you're going to like the coaches if they give you opportunity, aren't you? Right, So, but that's kind of my preface. There's a lot that would go into something like this. But if it were me and I were a wide receiver and I thought that I, I had the capability to do some really great things, I would think, okay, I play a I play a position that totally relies on another position mm-hmm. for my success. You know, I can do everything right, but if this other player doesn't do it right as well, I'm not going to succeed. So I would base a lot of my decision on who that other player is that I would be relying upon if I were a wide receiver. Other positions are a little bit different, but if I were a wide receiver and I had to pick between a really, really good quarterback and an average quarterback, that would play really heavily into my decision because your success is based on his success. And if he's not capable of succeeding or, or, or certainly at the level of being great, I'm going with the great player. Before you get to that, don't you have to read the mind of the coach? And what his philosophy is, because the quarterback is going to follow in fall in line with the coach. Yeah, but didn't Troy Taylor tell us for a year or two years, I guess, that he was going to throw the ball all over the field? And how'd that go? Yeah, and he still had fifty-two receptions over three years. But there was still Kyle, who is the overlord of the whole thing, 
uh, you know, having an influence on what's going on offensively. Darren Carrington still had a nice year in his one year at, at Utah. That's why all the receivers want to kiss up to the quarterback and say, hey, look my way. Yeah, and I would want a, I want a quarterback that was looking a lot of different ways, and that's part of Tyler Huntley's problem, in my opinion, is that he gets focused on one receiver, and if that's not there, he's running. And that sounds like a negative thing, and I kind of mean it a little bit negative, but it's also his game, right? I mean, there's a reason he's playing at the Pac-12 level, and he's a, he's a D1 quarterback because that – that running has served him so well. So, That's, you know, yeah. but if I'm a receiver, I'm thinking, okay, if I'm not this dude's best friend, is he still going to look my way? Mm-hmm. I, I'd want to know that. If he if he goes through his check, is he mm-hmm. going to check through three different receivers mm-hmm. or is he going to focus on his BFF and then run? That would be an issue for me. I hear you. It, yeah. And I think, think COC, uh, at least game number one, is benefiting from a quarterback that's going to drop back, hang in the pocket, go through his reads, and going to allow him, uh, COC, him, to go out there and make a play. On top of just that, though, uh, I, I'm telling you that if your quarterback is being told by coaches, do not turn the ball over, do not take risks, uh, and those two things are tied. So... You think Jordan Love is going to worry about throwing? He doesn't want to throw interceptions for sure, but he's going to lay the ball out there. Don't you think Tyler Huntley's not going to lay the ball out there? He's not going to take chances that's going to put him in in in, in the doghouse with Kyle Whittingham. Okay, so let me ask you this, and, and I don't. So know. that hurts the receiver. Well, and I don't know the answer to this question necessarily, but is the difference between Tyler Huntley and Jordan Love simply the coach? No. No. It's Jordan Love is a better quarterback. I mean, that, so that's do, pretty okay, fair to say. Let me put it this way. Okay, if Jordan Love were on Utah, do you think his game would be significantly diminished because of the coach? Let's all stop and ponder that for a moment, shall we? See, I think Coach— His w- performance would be limited, but his opportunity would be more limited— uh, but he might be able to shine because obviously there have been some great quarterbacks who have played with uh, with uh, a run-heavy offense, including Alex Smith, including Andrew Luck, and all sorts of examples. That and then, uh, help remind me when when Troy Aikman was playing the way he was for the Cowboys, he had Emmitt Smith behind him, right? Uh-huh. And they were giving the ball to Emmitt a lot, and that offensive line was terrific, and so. But Troy was, if memory serves, rather efficient with his throws. So a, a quarterback can can be highlighted even if he isn't throwing the ball 40 times a game. I think so, too. But for a receiver who is dependent on all this, I want to if, – if I'm a wide receiver, I want to go play at Washington State. I do. You know, and I don't even know who the quarterback's going to be there. But I know who the head coach is. I know what he wants to do with the ball. I know what his offensive philosophy is. Uh, as as I think very highly of Utah, I, of the school, and of the coaching staff, and where that program is right now. But if I'm a star wide receiver, I'm not sure that's my first choice. But I think I'd think about the quarterback even more than the, the coach. Well, maybe that's not true. But I'm telling you, if, if I saw Jordan Love play as a freshman 
and I were a receiver and they were recruiting me, I'd think real hard about that because he looked really good as a freshman. And maybe you, you didn't see coming what he is now, but you knew that he was going to be a player. Mm-hmm. I'd be thinking, okay, I need to hitch my wagon to this dude. I so, think it's all connected. It, it's all – there are – all of it is worth considering. Well, and then the other thing, and we can continue this conversation on throughout the show. I know we're a little bit a little bit over, but Jordan Love received really good coaching while he was being groomed. Yes, he did from from Matt Wells and particularly Coach Yost. Mm-hmm. He got really, really good coaching. You're he a got the he got the instruction that he needed to to really develop as a player. And Utah's really, really good at that at most every position. But I'm not so sure Tyler Huntley got a lot better under the tutelage of Troy Taylor. That's an interesting thought. And we have yet to see the completion of his senior season. And there's the And the, that might be the best of the bunch, you know. So yeah. he, he might shine. But he's not going to get the opportunity to throw the ball that Jordan Love gets, which means that the receivers aren't going to get the same See, I disagree. He did get the, the opportunity to throw the ball as much as Jordan Love did. The first part of last year when that offense was a disaster. Remember, they wouldn't, How many they times wouldn't was hand he the ball the off. Ball a game? Well, I'll go back and look. Yeah, I, I, I'm but not they, sure. But they weren't running the ball. I mean, NIU, that game last year, is the perfect example. They they were trying to square peg round hole. They threw the ball a ton. <laughs> they were trying to be Eastern Washington, and it it wasn't necessarily working. And then see the the standout for Tyler Huntley is that month last year of October where he's absolutely terrific. But the offense decided that they were going to run the ball more, and that is what opened up things for him. So if if they had if Utah had done last year what they were trying to do early on, but they had Jordan Love at quarterback. Would uh, would guys like Mariner be piling up big numbers? That's a great question. Gordon, uh, I want to get into your column. You talked about Zach Moss today, but real quick before we do that, your guy and mine, Frank Bernard, named Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week. Okay, first question is, when did we start calling him Frank? I like it. I, I just kind of <laughs> adapted it, really. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it works. Not sure he or his parents care for it, but uh, you know, because Zach Moss. Oh, so for- Gordon can call Tabo Cephalosha Stinky Cheese, <laughs> and I can't call Francis Bernard Frank. You can do what you want. Zach Moss's first name is Zacchaeus. Is I you know like that? that. That's actually really strong. That is cool, Zacchaeus. Really? Yeah. Well, how do you pronounce it? Z a c c h e u s. Zacchaeus, maybe. I think I think it's Zacchaeus? a Bible name. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that. Zacchaeus. That is a strong handle. Uh, But anyway, Francis Bernard, uh, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week. Frankie. Of course, that uh, pick six certainly helped, but he had uh, four tackles and one and a half tackles for loss. And just to, you know point out when i was right because i like to do that i i told <laughs> you, you that, say that i told you the player we'd be you talking did. about coming out of week number one would be francis bernard you did so you know just, <clears throat> just that's saying. all that's all we just need we can we can say that and move you know, on that's fine what you just did there jake is what guys around the water cooler do at work all the time when they're right you know pointed out yep <laughs> got that one nailed it
I'm smarter than you. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> I couldn't help myself. But yeah. uh, that's that's a big deal for, for him. And I that was a position that we all looked at in the preseason and said, okay, there's a couple of question marks there. And he looks like he's going to fit in no problem and, and be, a ball, uh, be a baller right there. So good for him. All right, let's talk about your column today, Gordon. You talked about Zacchaeus Moss. I did. He is now third on Utah's all-time rushing list. He trails Tony Lindsay by 158, or actually 157 yards, 158 to move ahead Mm -hmm. of Tony, and then 382 to pass Eddie Johnson at the top spot. He's already outdone Devontae Booker, Chris Poole, Matu Maafala, Del Rogers, Juan Johnson, John White, and all the other greats that have run at Utah. So he's good. He is good. And that's what my column is about. And that's about as nice as I can get about a player, you know. Uh, but I think I'm telling the truth. This guy is excellent. And he's one of the best running backs in the country. And you know this because you're encouraging. Andy Ludwig, to hang his entire offense on this one guy. And that's what he's going to do. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. That's what he should do. It's his best player, and he is special. I mean, it, just to just to put it in perspective, I, I like it in your column that you rattled off all those Utah great running backs because being the all-time leading rusher at Utah is a big, big deal. They've recruited a lot of great running backs over the years. Now, it helps that, that Zach's played significant minutes or right. was snaps right. since he was a freshman. Indeed. But there's no doubt that he is a, is a great, great player. And Think you, about it. Last year he had over 1,000 yards. He missed five games. And they practically ignored him for the first three games of the year. <laughs> and he still got over 1,000. Pretty amazing. And he's, he's a back that can do it all. He could get 2,000 yards if they gave him the ball. He could. Well, he's off to he's on that pace. 187 against BYU. I love the quote from uh, Kyle Whittingham yesterday. He said he had a, he had a chance to do things no backs have ever done here before. Uh, that's high praise because they have had some terrific backs, some backs who have gone on and played very well in the NFL. I expect Zach Moss to do likewise. Well, part of the reason that I've, I've come around the last several years uh, to Utah needing to be extremely run-heavy, maybe ditch the spread, go to a pro style, that sort of thing, is because we we spent the whole last segment talking about just how good is Tyler Huntley. He's not the, the type of player you look at and go, oh, he's great. You go, well, is he good? How good is he? Whereas at Utah, when was the last time they did not have a stud tailback? And, and we're talking studs. I mean, names that you, you uh, didn't even include on there, Gordon, not because it's a slight to them, but just because there's so many of them. I mean, you didn't even talk about Darrell Mack mm-hmm. or, uh, or Matt Asiata or Eddie Wide, mm-hmm. who had a couple of years of just terrific production Damian Hunter. at that position. Damian Hunter, uh, the San Bernardino guy right yeah. now, <laughs> not <laughs> Damian Hunter. How uh, are you? Where are you? How are you hanging on? Where are you? And he played a little bit uh, of a different position when he was at Utah, but I didn't see you mention Jamal Anderson. I mean, the Mike Anderson or Mike Anderson. Yeah. My goodness, right? I mean, these these players are are freaking studs, yeah. and they've come to Utah for a really long time. You can recruit these guys. You can get them into school at Utah. Uh, you know, with Devontae Booker, that's why they landed him. He couldn't get into school other places. They can get him into school, 
And so maybe Utah is going to have trouble recruiting receivers and quarterbacks. Maybe that's going to be a little hit or miss. But they're going to always have studs at running back. Maybe not to Zach Moss's caliber because, as you pointed out in the column, he's, he's special. But when was the last time they didn't have a guy that you go, man, that's a dude? Yeah. Seems like they always have had someone to step up. And Zach Moss is right in that Maybe the best of the bunch. I remember the first time I saw Zach Moss without his jersey on. It was on a hot practice during fall. I mean, during uh, preseason practices. That guy, as Kyle Whittingham mentioned yesterday, is put together like a rock. He is rocked up big time. And so when you saw BYU defenders hit him behind the line of scrimmage, and he just kind of kept going. <laughs> it's, it's no big surprise. Well, and I think it's also important where he's from, that he's from Florida. Because yeah. if, if I were a running back, regardless of how heavy, heavily I was recruited nationwide, if I were a quarterback from anywhere in this country, I'd consider going to Utah. Hmm. Yeah. That's right. They had a flip of what we were talking about before, about quarterbacks. I mean, if I'm a running back, I'm I might be calling Kyle Whittingham up, yeah, and say, "Hey, let me in." I mean, because we talked about playing for for a coach, playing for a coach, and you know, highlighting the style, and and would you go to Utah as a receiver based on who the coach is? Well, you know, Kyle's been trying to get away from the run game for a decade now, and just can't help himself but go back to it. <laughs> He's like a boomerang. So if I were a running back, I'd be like, okay, I know you're going to dink around with this Eastern Washington crap for a couple of games, <laughs> but I know when push comes to shove, where your heart's at. Does a boom- and I would consider does a, that. Does a boomerang really work? Yeah, you never thrown a boomerang? Did it fly right back to you where you could catch it? I mean, if you threw it right, I suppose, yeah. Is that true? I've never done it with like an actual authentic outback wooden boomerang, but the Nerf boomerang, it would come back to me every time. It comes right back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's Kyle Whittingham. He's a Nerf boomerang? (laughs) What kind of childhood did you have? You never threw a boomerang? I threw a boomerang, but I can't remember. What did you hunt the ruse with? You you played ice hockey at a semi-professional level, but you never threw a boomerang? (laughs) I threw a boomerang, but apparently I wasn't throwing it right. Oh, okay. Because it never came right back to my feet. Want to remind you about when they, they use it for hunting? You know, and it had a sharp edge to it, and it was like cutting off heads of animals and stuff. Uh-huh. Wow, that just got graphic. Thanks for that. Well, I mean, when you're hunting, you're hunting. Wanna, and, you know, but how do you catch it if it's got a sharp blade on it? Tomorrow is Win Ticket Wednesday. Listen for your chance to win tickets to go see Kiss. Uh, Get ready to rock when Kiss brings their end of the road (laughs) tour with guests Royal Bliss to USANA Amphitheater on Saturday, September 14th. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. Everybody duck! It's coming back! More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.